In the book of Exodus, the 24th chapter, verse 13 and verses 15 through 18, the Bible says, And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. Moses ascended to the mount of God. This mount of God is also known as the hill of the Lord. In the 24th Psalm, David poses a question, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? During this 40 day fast, we are ascending to the hill of the Lord. May God clean our hands, purify our hearts, keep us humble and honest. Hallelujah. Enjoy the newest episode of this special segment of Redeemed Radio entitled The Ascension. Hello everyone, God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. We are actually officially in day 24 and I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for keeping us all who um, have continued on this fast throughout the time, throughout the duration of it so far. Glory to God for that and glory to God for however long he's kept you. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God just for another day and um, I thank him for his faithfulness. I thank him just for blessing us with life, health, and with strength. He is good. He is faithful. And I just thank the Lord for his commitment to us. And he teaches us what, what faithfulness is. Every, every quality he expects us to have, he teaches us what it is. And through his word, he shows us ways that um, we can actually harbor those good character um, character qualities, how we can be faithful and loving and you know, you know what I mean. God is just so awesome. He doesn't just leave us to figure it out on our own, but he actually came and showed us how to be like him, how to be a son of God, how to be um, one who is established and ordained to inherit the kingdom. How awesome is our God and all of his promises to us. So I thank God that he gives us the opportunity to chisel away at the only thing that tries to separate us from the Lord, the only thing that is used to fight against the will of God for our life. And um, I thank God for fasting. 
I thank the Lord for prayer and I thank him for his spirit and I thank him that he understands us. He knows us and, and he loves us very dearly. He knows what we need. He knows exactly where we are. As I like to say, he is the living one who sees. Hallelujah. Thank you. I thank Jesus that he sees us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you bless this broadcast to be edifying in the name of Jesus, to be meat in the spiritual bellies of every person under the sound of my voice. I ask that you speak with them, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask that you teach them and edify them in Jesus' name. And Lord, you know we love you. You know we're seeking your face. And I just ask in Jesus' name that you continue to help us, sanctify us, and build us up in your most holy faith. God, we want to be like you. We want to be strong in the spirit. So we ask that you continue to process us and take us through things that will strengthen us. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Hallelujah. Speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. Continue to strengthen my brothers and my sisters as we continue to endure on this fast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I bless the Lord um, for his goodness, just at the remembrance of his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. So he put this in my heart. This wash your clothes this particular topic, this particular saying. And I want you all to get it in your spirit, especially those of us who are struggling with making changes, who really don't want to. You know, sometimes we actually do like our things, but God wants us to get to a place where we can see those things for what they are. And spiritually, those things are filthy. And we're gonna go into some scripture about this. And we're also going to go into some scripture where um, it's very clear the Lord wants us to wash, to change. He doesn't want us as we are going into his presence and growing in him. Now, if we're going to stay in the same place of uh, this unrevealed understanding and, you know, untapped desire and potential to go deep in God, like if we're going to stay babies and continue to drink milk and be lukewarm, fine. This is not something really that the Lord will require of you. But when you say that you want to go deeper and you want to get into the presence of God, God will require something of you to get there. And that's okay. Remember, over the past week or so or longer than that, we've spoken about that pearl of great price and that treasure um, that the Lord compares the kingdom of heaven to where he says, when you find this, you go and you sell everything that you have just for this thing. And that includes our old ways. And yes, even those things that we like. He didn't say just sell the things you don't like because that's not a sacrifice. That's really nothing notable. But when you begin to give up those things that actually mean something to you, the things you care about, that is when you show God what he is worth. And he's done it for us. We can read in the book of Philippians that he thought it not robbery to be one with God, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, right? Um, for our sakes, he became poor. He was found in the fashion of a man and he humbled himself even unto death. And we can do that same thing. We can die 
daily, all those things that we like, all those things that we want. Every day that we're fasting and we really would prefer to be eating, we kill this flesh every day. And only God can empower us by his spirit to do it. Anytime when this fast is complete, if you ever start being attacked by the spirit of doubt, remember that the Lord sustained you on juice and water for 40 days and 40 nights. And no, that's not, <laughs> that's not light. That's, that it's, it's serious. And when you do this for spiritual purposes, it's even weightier, you know? So this fast, it carries more weight than uh, a person who would be doing this for non-spiritual reasons. This is not only changing us naturally, but it's changing us spiritually. This natural sacrifice that we're doing, it's piercing realms. It's going into the spirit realm and it's opening doorways and it's shattering hard places and walls. You know, it's tearing down mountains. It's doing so many things for us in the realm of the spirit. And we can feel that. We can feel something major is happening. We can feel the shift, the tectonic shift of what's happening in our spiritual life. Every day our flesh would tell us we need food. And we've been telling this flesh for the past 24 days, no, you need Jesus. <laughs> or you may need food, but I need Jesus. And I'm going to get my Jesus. And you're not going to get your food. So, And food is something we like, right? I don't know if I've mentioned it. I've probably mentioned it to my mother. But ever since we were on a Zoom call and Sister Sharon said she had shrimp and broccoli with um, rice, um, I was thinking about, I've been thinking about Chinese food from New York. There's like, and I'm telling you, like I've been to various different states. I don't have like an affinity to, or like a loyalty to New York or anything like that. But this is like solid. New York has the best. Like when you talk to other people, they say, I miss the food. The food, the food is like really one of the major things. New York City's food is amazing and you don't realize how amazing it is until you leave. So the things like I'm in, um, well, now I'm in Raleigh, but even being in Georgia, there's no variety. So like in New York City, they have like carts on the street that sell Ethiopian food. They have um, what we call street meat, <laughs> the yellow rice and the lamb and the gyros. And um, what else? New York. So you'll have because it's so it's such a mixed population and it's like a metropolis, you know, so you can walk everywhere. So you don't have to like drive very far um, to get to what you want. And so like there's lots of dominican restaurants and just like uh, spanish food you can have mexican food you can have <laughs> whatever you want they have it in new york okay and when she talked about the chinese food so i've had chinese food other places okay when i was in new york it sounds terrible but like my favorite thing to eat was chinese food they knew me they knew what i wanted they would ask me how i was doing like when they saw me at the door like they just knew they knew my address everything the, the delivery man he knew me 
and I will always get broccoli with brown rice and um, steamed vegetable dumplings. I had to swallow. <laughs> and so I have never had it like it is in New York. I've never had it like that. Like they just give you like this pan of broccoli and this brown sauce and like a thing of brown rice and um, like a pan of steamed dumplings with like some dipping sauce and it was so good. So I ate it all the time and it was like really reasonably priced. And um, hearing her talk about that, you all listen to me. Like when she talked about, oh yeah, God told me to get what I like. So I went and got shrimp and broccoli. I was like, I know what she's talking about. Because everyone in New York knows like the Chinese food is just on. Now you got to tread lightly. <laughs> you can't fake shrimp, right? So we know that the shrimp was real, but you got to be careful with some of those meat pieces sometime from what we know, you know, but um New York is just known for that and I don't know I think people have visited and like people I've spoken to who've gone to New York have told me like the food is so good but it really is so good you can literally have whatever you want and it's you know Jamaican literally Trinidadian you can have Guyanese if you want like a roti you could say hmm do I want my roti from Jamaicans or do I want my roti from Guyanese I think I'll go with the Guyanese today. You know, <laughs> you have so many options there. And here you don't have that option. And it's just because somebody making it, that doesn't mean it's good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so out here, the food is like, well, when I was in Georgia, because I haven't eaten anything really from out here at all. But in Georgia, the food was, okay, Texas, the food was, it was literally like everything was, but you know what? We're on a fast. I'm going to stop, but Sister Sharon, just know that when you talked about that shrimp and broccoli with rice, and I could imagine you did get it from the Chinese food restaurant because it's just on like that in New York. Y'all, I've been thinking about broccoli ever since, and I'm like, watch when I could finally eat cooked food again, I'm making some broccoli. <laughs> I'm making some broccoli, and I'm going to try to recreate that sauce because you can't get that sauce. I tried to get some vegetables in their sauce down here. The sauce was white. And it was congealed. I'm like, how much cornstarch? Like, what is this? I couldn't eat it. It was like jello. Listen, I have not had Chinese food like in New York. And when you leave New York, like you just have to know how to cook. Period. Okay. So anyway, we like that stuff. Okay. Sister Sharon had to give up her shrimp and broccoli for 40 days. <laughs> and whatever you eat, you had to give that up to for however long you fasted. Even if you're not on this fast right now, you've had to sacrifice things you like, but it's okay when you think about who you're sacrificing for, where there's, you have limited ways to show God how valuable he is to you and what he's worth to you. So when you do things like this, you say, God, you're worth three days of food okay i can starve three days for you or you're worth 40 days of um not eating i can give it up for 40 days for you jesus and so god is looking at us and he's saying i wanna i want you to show me you love me and this changes as we grow in him he begins to expect more and more from us and the standard gets higher and higher right whatever used to work for us a year ago saints is not going to work for us tomorrow god is going to expect more from you whatever your baby was eating a year ago that baby if that baby was on the breast that breast is not doing it that breast is not doing it for the baby anymore 
Now that baby is going to want some food to chew on, okay? You understand? So it's the same thing with us. We have to change. Like as we are growing, we need deeper things. We need more solid things. We need things that are more sustaining and um, more fulfilling, okay? So the things we used to do to get close to God, it just won't work. We're too big for that. We're too grown for that now. So it's either you're going to stay on milk and be malnourished or you are going to graduate to something solid. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 35. Wash your clothes. Thank you, Jesus. That's what he wants. That's all Jesus is asking you to do, my brother or my sister. He's just saying, wash your clothes. Come on, die to yourself. Stop fighting your flesh. Stop wrestling with it. Tell it exactly who is in control you have to know that you're in control of your flesh and your flesh is not in control of you you have to set that standard genesis 35 and 1 it says and god said unto jacob arise get up get up come up a little higher you're a little too low go up to bethel get up and go up and dwell there hallelujah i want you to go up go up higher and that's where i want you to make your abode that's where i want you to be seated that's where i want you to live you're too low i need you to just come up a little higher come up a little higher now stay humble but in the realm of the spirit and what you're willing to do for me your age your maturity come up higher and live there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. So God is saying, you remember the great things I've delivered you from and I've rescued you from. You remember how I've saved your life. You know that I brought you away from imminent danger and I've been good to you and I've been loving to you and I've been kind and I've caused you to prosper and now I need you to just come a little closer. You got to come up a little higher because I want deeper fellowship with you. When you come up higher in that place, make an altar to me. Hallelujah. And worship me there. Verse two says, then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you. Jesus, it's time, whatever you've been doing, whatever you've been worshiping, Whatever you've been watching, well, how does watching play into a strange God? Because whatever you're sitting down and allowed to indoctrinate you, oh, that's a God. And then he says, and be clean. What does that mean? Stop touching the unclean things. You, you have to be clean. I want you to put away. All those strange gods from among you. Come on, we are about, we're talking about standards. When God calls you up higher, you have to start talking about standards. And then he says, and be clean. Come on, you know some of those things are wrong. You know you shouldn't do those things anymore. You know you've grown past it. You know God is tugging on your heart. And you know your flesh is just opposing. It's lust in your flesh opposing God's desire. It's what your flesh desires, opposing what God desires in your 
fighting against him. He says, and be clean. I want you to be clean. Don't try to hold on and make excuses for what's filthy. I said, be clean. I'm going to tell y'all something. When God told me to change from my pants into dresses, I didn't have many. I had about all together, probably about three things. And you all, I wore those three things because it was time for me to be clean. It was no bit by bit. It was no step by step. It was no God understands. No, God gave me the standard and God expects me to keep it. I have to be clean. So whatever God has shown me is unacceptable. I don't want it. And if you don't have that heart, you have to say, God, give me that heart to want to be who you've created me to be, to no longer want to be my own God, to do what I don't want to do, to do what hurts me, to do what I don't feel like doing. Come on now. You shouldn't have to have a whole wardrobe to do what God wants you to do. You got to show him, God, listen, I don't care nothing about these pants. I'll throw them all away and I'll wear these same two skirts over and over until you bless me. Hallelujah with something else and i know someone when they made that decision she lived in south africa you all i did not know her personally i did not know this young woman of god but the lord told me to email her give her money so that she can buy skirts and modest clothing and when i told her that then i found out that just that day or the day before she had finally surrendered and told God she would give up the pants and wear that one skirt that she had with the tear in it every day. You all don't give God a chance to be God. Y'all have to stop being your own God and let him work out the details. If this one raggedy skirt is one raggedy skirt, I rather I I would much rather walk around in the will of God than in Tiffany's will, because Tiffany's will will get Tiffany killed. Do you understand that? I will be dead, burning, and in hell if I did whatever I wanted to do. But you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as long as you're thinking with that old mind, you'll never see a transformation. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means you know what mind? I don't care what you used to like. I don't care what you used to do. I don't care what you used to. You're going to do what God says now. Come on here. Come on, we got to grow up. He says, and be clean. I'm telling you, be clean. Be clean. Be clean. I always tell you, think about judgment day. What you going to say to him? I knew the standard. You pricked at me. You convicted me. I didn't do it. But let me in. We have to think about the eternal hope we have in Christ Jesus. And we have to remember why we got saved. And we cannot get distracted by little things on this planet. All he's trying to do is sanctify you. All he's trying to do is bring you into his perfect will. All he's trying to do is bless you, my sister. That's it. He just wants to bless you, but not the old you. Old minds cannot hold new blessings. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord sent me to a sermon 
And the woman of God said that. And this was before that change happened. But I felt this shift about to take place in the spirit. And God said to me, old minds can't hold new blessings. Lord, have mercy. Do you want the new blessings? Hallelujah. Then you have to have a renewed mind. Hallelujah. Because the old you... You just can't see how grand, how awesome, how mighty, how capable your God is. You just can't see it. You need the new mind so that you can get into this new season. We're frustrated with cycles. We're frustrated with what we don't have. We're frustrated with what can't change. Well, maybe your deliverance is in your obedience. Maybe when you decide to change, and this is the Lord speaking directly to you, maybe when you decide to change, the things you've been struggling with will no longer have power in you, over you, or through you. Let's go on. He says, and be clean. And then he says, and change your garments. Jesus, was this before the law? Yes. Was this before the New Testament? Yes. Was this before God called the people to himself and declared holiness to them? Yes. So what does this mean about God? He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And yesteryear, God was telling his people, be clean. Change your clothes. You got to understand this is what God expects and requires of you. Yes, you, you, you who are listening. Yes, God requires that from you. Change your clothes. Hallelujah. And then he says, and let us arise and go unto Bethel. Now, before you ascend, before you go any further, before you go any higher, you can go through the motions all you want. But until you put away all those strange gods that are among you, including your own mind that's ruling you and dictating you and telling you where to go and what to do, the fighting against God, you put away your strange gods and you stop doing what's not right and you decide you want to be clean and you become clean and then you change your clothes, then, then... It's time. It's time. You rise up and you go to that high place and you make your altar and you worship him. And then he remembers, he said, and we go and we make an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress. Did God ever do anything for you? Did he ever answer your prayer? Did he fill you with his spirit? Did, did he help you any? Did he bring you into the knowledge of his perfect will for your life? Did he answer you in the day of distress and was with you in the way which you went, whatever way that was, when you were in the world doing whatever you wanted to do? Wasn't God there? When you look back over your life, didn't you see? Can't you see that God was there? He's the one who was protecting you and keeping you. He's the one that caused that relationship to just not work out. He's the one who was providing for you. He's the one that held you when you felt rejected. God is the one who was there for you. He's the one that was supernaturally healing you from things that would have killed other people he was with you in whatever way you went and all he asked is that you put away those strange gods because there's only one true God you got to follow the mind of the true God be clean and change your garments and then come up higher build an altar to me in a high place and worship me there 
And then goes on to say, and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods. They gave it up. They gave it up. They gave it up. Whether they liked it or not, it doesn't mention it. Whether they would miss it or not, it doesn't mention it. Whether they love those things or not, it doesn't mention it. They gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was in Shechem. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And God began to appear to Jacob after this and speak to Jacob. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And bless Jacob. Read on. Hallelujah. Integrity, saints. Integrity. You can't buy it. Mm, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to Exodus 19. 9 through 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're in Exodus 19 and it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Now here we are, hundreds of years later. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. I'm going to come and I'm going to speak with you personally so everybody knows that you are exactly who you appear to be. And Moses told the words of the Lord unto the people. Hallelujah. He said, okay, God is going to come and speak to me right in your face. And this is after God says, tell all the people, hallelujah, that if they just obey what I tell them, definitely obey what I tell them. And if they keep my covenant, that they'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above every other type of people that's on this earth. And they will be a kingdom of priests to me. And they will be a holy nation. Hallelujah. For me, right? Right on this earth. That's And so God says these things after the aforementioned, after he tells him these people will be a kingdom of priests and a peculiar treasure and a holy nation, then the Lord goes on to say this. And Lord said unto Moses, listen to this, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them, listen to this, wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down and this in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. Here we go again. Be clean. Be clean. Wash your clothes. Wash your clothes. What does that? What is the implication? Your clothes are dirty. Your clothes have gotten filthy. Life, your own ways, your own mind, your own habits have put spot after spot on your garments. Mm. And God says, I want you to be this peculiar treasure to me. I want you to be a kingdom of priests to me and a holy nation. And I'm going to come down in the sight of you. I want to meet with you. I want you to see me. I want you to know who I affirm and what I affirm. I want you to know that these standards surely come from me and not man. But before I reveal myself to you in that way, before you can encounter me in this great way, you, you got to sanctify yourself and you have to wash your clothes. You have to present yourself clean when you expect to see God. Now I'm going to tell you something. 
what God is telling us to do in the spirit right now. He's saying, change your clothes. He's, he wants you, first of all, to change your natural clothes, right? Definitely. He wants you to clean your natural clothes. But think about this in the spirit, y'all. What God is saying to us in the spirit. That when we stand before him, God expects our garments to be washed. And the only way for us to have our spiritual garments clean is if we get our natural life together. You hear me? As long as you're staying in your old ways, with your old mind, with your old self, in your old spots, in your old dirt, and you're, you're not ready to clean it, you're holding on to that dirt like it's valuable, like you're holding on to the filth like it means something to God, when you stand before him, it's still going to be on your spiritual garments. You have to wash your clothes now. How do you do that? With the blood of Jesus. Let's go into 1 Corinthians. I'm going to find this scripture before I tell it to you. I think I think I know what chapter it's in, but before I have you turn there, I'm just going to Here we go. It is it's in the 15th chapter, okay. And let me find let me find the scripture that I want. Let's see. Afterwards, here we go. Here we go. Verse 46. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46. Okay. It says, how be it? That was not first, which is spiritual. We didn't learn about the spiritual things first, but that which is natural. And after that, afterward, that which is spiritual. Because we learn about the natural things because it helps us to understand the spiritual things. Amen. So that means that when um, the Lord was, was telling them, listen, you have to wash your clothes. He's speaking to us now. Wash yourself in the spirit. And it just so happens that we change ourselves spiritually by what we start to do naturally. As long as we continue in the same habits and in the same behaviors with the same thoughts, we will never change spiritually. As long as our mind is our natural mind, listen to this, as long as your natural mind is not renewed, you cannot receive a transformation of any kind. As long as you have the same mind and the same thoughts and the same desires, and the same um, love for the same things, you will not receive a transformation. You want to be transformed because you don't want God to look at you and see your former self. You want God to look at you and see the new man. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and let's see, where can I take it? Um, let's see. Hmm. Okay, let's start at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. And this is Ephesians 4 and 17. That ye henceforth, listen to this, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. He's saying, don't walk like you don't know. Don't walk like you're ignorant, like the other people that you see in the world around you. Don't walk like your heart is blind and you don't feel conviction and you don't hear God speaking to you and you don't feel the tug from the Lord. Don't do that. 
who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Have you, are you past feeling? Are you reprobate? Can you still feel? Come on here, y'all. He said, but ye have not so learned Christ. That's not what you have learned from Jesus. That's not what you have learned about Jesus. If so be that you have heard Jesus and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. It's just as you've been taught this good word and you know this truth is from God. Come on here. And you know it's God that's speaking to you. Listen to what you're supposed to do. You put off concerning your former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. This is what we're saying. You can't have this old mind, this old man, your flesh telling you what to do. The Bible says that old man is corrupt according to the deceitful lust that it loves. Come on here. Your body, your old man, yourself, your old mind, it has deceitful lust. Things that it likes, things that it wants, things that it's struggling to hold on to. And it's completely deceived, does not know. The filth that is fighting to hold on to. And so what does he say? He says, you put off the um, off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitfulness. And then listen to what he says. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. But listen to what else he says. And that ye put on the new man. Now you got to be, you got to get rid of the old man, but you got to renew your mind first. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Y'all keep thinking with the same old mind. That's why you're struggling with the same old things. When you know who you are, come on here. Identity, we spoke about it on the Zoom call. When you know who you are. Hallelujah. You put on the new man when you know who you are. The old man can't control you anymore when you have your identity in Jesus Christ. He says you put on that new man. Why? Because that new man has been created after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Not the pseudo holiness. Not holiness because you heard about it. But holiness because you live in it. Inwardly and outwardly flesh and spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to end right there. We're going to end right there. We're going to do a wash your clothes part two tomorrow as the Lord wills. Father, in the name of Jesus, let this word be good seed sowed into ground. And in the name of Jesus, let it bring forth fruit that tastes good to you, God. Good fruit, fruit that you say is good in the name of Jesus. God, I believe that I'm not speaking and preaching to and teaching a bunch of corrupt trees and evil trees. I believe that I'm speaking to good trees who will bring forth good fruit and not corrupt fruit. God, your word says a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. So Father, tell your children that they are good trees and they have to produce good fruit. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they, they begin to feel a check in their spirit in the name of Jesus. Begin to turn them on the inside in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that they're running for you this far won't be in vain in the name of Jesus. Help them to keep going to a sin, to go up, to make an altar, to worship you in a higher realm in the name of Jesus, in a higher place in the name of Jesus. And Father, we love you. We love your word and we thank you that today 
your word still speaks. And we thank you that your word will speak forevermore. We love you. And it's in Jesus name we do pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Wash your clothes, saints.